Can a dad really have it all? Health, faith, family, and career? Are you feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders while feeling it spin out of control? There's a doctor in the house, and he's going to give us answers, so stick around. Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge, a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability and culture of their family's environment. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Guerrero. My guest is Dr. Grant. Dr. Scott Grant is a medical pediatrician, a husband, and a father a medical educator, and a trauma-informed care advocate. Dr. Grant, thank you so much for being on the Fatherhood Challenge. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here with you. We like to stick to our tradition as much as possible and start off with a dad joke. So, Dr. Grant, what is your favorite dad joke? Uh, Well, my sort of go-to dad joke bit is... When somebody asks you if you can come around a certain time, like, hey, can you swing by like 7.38? I always go, 7.38, that's a very specific time. It drives my wife crazy, but I laugh every t- I laugh every time, and it you know my jokes are mostly for me. <laughs> I have the same exact experience whenever I tell dad jokes around my wife. She just she just gives me that looks. I mean, it's it's a compliment if you get half a laugh from her on some of them, but some of the ones I do are just plain corny, and I just sometimes we'll just get an eye roll <laughs> or and something that's what like dad that. jokes are supposed to be that's what they're supposed to be i agree completely <laughs> well we've got a whole bunch of really good questions that i'm sure are on the minds of a lot of dads so we're going to go ahead and just kind of jump right into them dr scott when you first decided to become a doctor did you ever imagine a struggle for balance in your life when i decided that I wanted to be a doctor. And when I went to medical school, I I went to medical school to be a pediatrician. Like I was pretty sure that I wanted to be a pediatrician. And so I had had some experience uh, both with my doctor growing up and kind of seeing what his life was like, uh, as well as shadowing uh, different doctors and pediatricians while I was in college as I was truly discerning, like, is this really the path that I want to pursue? And you see how much time it takes up just on the professional side. And then knowing myself well enough to know that I also was being called to hopefully someday get married and have uh, a family. And I didn't know exactly what that would look like uh, in the moment, but I knew that there were a lot of things that I was going to want to do. And I know that anybody who's trying to accomplish all of these different things is going to struggle at various times. So I, I think I, I had some honest realization that like this was not an easy life that I was pursuing, but that all of the things that were bringing me the most value and, and brought me the most joy were things that I wanted to pursue. And even if it's hard, like we do hard things. That's what we do as, as men, as dads. Uh, and so I, I knew that it, all of these things were goods that were worth pursuing. Was there ever a time when you were just juggling everything and you felt like you're going to drop everything and it was all going to come crashing down? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that that happens every other Thursday sometimes, you know, and, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think there's a couple of, of thoughts that I had uh, as I was preparing to talk about this is, is one of the things that is a piece of advice that I was given early on that's been really helpful to me when I think about juggling. I do think juggling is exactly the right things because all of the things that we want to do, 
it'd be impossible to like wrap our arms around them and just carry them all everywhere. And so juggling really is the right analogy for what we as dads are trying to do professionally and personally in our family's lives. And we have, you know, church responsibilities and we have our friend group that we want to keep in touch with. And there's just all these things going on. And so one of the best pieces of advice that I got early on in my married life, even before we had kids, was as you're juggling all of these things, it's really important to keep in mind which balls are the rubber balls and which balls are the glass balls. And so there are some balls that as you're juggling, like it's a rubber ball, if you let it bounce once or twice, it'll still be there. You can pick it back up and you can get it back in there. But there are some of these balls that are the glass balls, right? And these are the really important things that are the responsibilities that we have to our wives, to our children, that if you drop one of those, you may or may not be able to put it back together. And so if you can keep in mind, not only the perspective of like, I'm juggling and sometimes I really just can't juggle all of them, knowing like, which are these things that I can put to the side for a moment when I really need to focus on making sure that my glass balls are staying in the air and which are the ones that I really need to to keep going on. And so I think that's, that's one thing uh, to keep in mind that has really been helpful to me as I've been on this journey of my professional aspirations, but also in, in building my family and, and those kinds of things. So yeah, we're all going to have those moments where we feel like we're juggling and we're dropping something. Uh, but just knowing like, which are the things, you know, don't drop a glass ball to save a rubber ball. I've struggled with just the thought process of normalizing juggling as I, am I not supposed to be juggling? I shouldn't be juggling like this. But this is normal. This is actually a very normal part of life. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that, you know, we're, we all have different aspects of our lives, our, our own interior lives, our own personal things that we like to do, our own personal health. We have our relationships with our spouses and our children. We have professional responsibilities. You know, we have all these different things that we're trying to manage. We have our responsibilities to our household, right? Which is part of our responsibilities to our spouse, but also just general upkeep. Like there's all these different things and you can't be doing all of them at once. I can't go to the park and play with my kids and do the laundry simultaneously. Like I have to be able to do all of these things, but if you're trying to do all of them at once, then it's not going to work. And so that's part of the reason why I like juggling so much, because when you're juggling, you've really only got one, maybe two balls in your hand at any one time. Everything else is is in the air waiting to come back down and become the most important thing again. But you have to focus on what am I going to do with the ball that's in my hand before you think about what's the next ball I'm going to catch, right? And so I think staying in the moment of like focusing on what am I working on right now, right? Right now, my phone is on airplane mode. My kids are downstairs uh, with their grandparents. And I am not focused on being a dad to my kids right now because I'm focused on being here with you in this moment. And if I was distracted by the other things that I have, you know, responsibilities that I have to my wife and my kids, then I'm not present here for this conversation with you. And so I think juggling, if you feel like you're juggling, you're doing it right. But juggling can be really easy or really hard. And if you feel like you're struggling in your juggling, it's not that you need to stop juggling. It's just that you may need to one, reevaluate what are you juggling? Are there some of these rubber balls that you could let go of for a little while or permanently, right? Or some of these like bowling balls that are like so heavy and you need to do something to just get rid of them completely because they're dragging you down in your ability to to juggle everything else. Um, and I don't want to take this <laughs> this analogy to absurdity, but I do think that it's it's the right way to think about 
how we interact with the people in our lives, given that we have so many different responsibilities to different people. I love how simple you made this. We have the bowling ball, we have the rubber ball, and then we have the glass ball, the things that you really cannot afford to, as we say, drop the ball on, because if you drop that glass ball, that, that you might, it might be a permanent a consequence that you really won't like. And then if you have the rubber ball, well, yeah, if that bounces, so what? You can deal with that, maybe change something a little bit and you're just fine. And then, wow. And then there's the bowling ball, which are things that just literally hold you down and keep you from going anywhere or going anywhere very fast. Yeah. And I, th- I think the, the bowling ball, a lot of times when I'm having this conversation with folks, the bowling ball kind of takes the place of you know, going to my work with folks who have uh, experienced trauma in their life or are being parents and caregivers to kids who have been exposed to trauma. Like a lot of times it's those heavy things that have happened to us that are our bowling ball. And then we're like, well, how come I can't keep all these other things in the air? And it's because you're still trying to juggle this bowling ball. And so you have to deal with that first before you're going to be able to do all these other things. Now there's still the glass balls you have to keep in the air, mm-hmm. but sometimes you might have to cut to only the glass balls while you're dealing with your bowling ball. And then, you know, then you can start picking up some other things once you've been able to like get some help and work through that. You work with millennial dads a lot. What is their worst fear as parents? Their worst fear is this conversation that we're having right now, right? Their <laughs> their fear is that there's so many things, so many pressures on them, so many things that they want to do uh, and that they're not going to be able to do all of them to the degree uh, that you can. And I, I do want to just throw in a thought here as we're having this conversation that Uh, I don't want to make it sound like this is something that's super easy or super simple. Like this is all very hard work and you're not going to be able to have everything all the time. Um, And so I want to just throw out a thought that like we're maybe making this seem a little easier because of the juggling analogy, a little easier than it actually is. But I I think that's it. And especially in, in my generation of dads, millennial dads, you know, we want to be involved in the things that are happening in our homes. We appreciate the value of the role that we have to play in our family life at home, in addition to having our professional aspirations. And so this old world mentality of like, I'm the dad and I'm going to go to work and I'm going to make money for the family and then I'm going to come home and I'm going to read my newspaper and sit on the couch and I'm not going to interact with my wife or my kids in any meaningful way. And I'm, you know, let me watch the game. Like, you know, we still enjoy doing all of those things, but we want to have an idea that we are involved in the life of our family. And I think that millennial dads, more so than some previous generations, want that. And so we realize that we're taking that onto ourselves and we take that very seriously, but we're worried that we may not have the the skills or the ability to do all of these things because when we were young, we weren't trusted with caring responsibilities most of the time for our younger siblings or cousins or those kinds of things. And so how do you actually take care of a baby? You know, I might be in a position as a dad where I want to support my wife to be able to go out with her friends and have a night off, but that means I've got the kids myself. And do I feel confident and competent to be able to do that? And I think that that's something that millennial dads want to be able to do, but not all of them feel confident and competent to be able to do that. And that's the space that I'm trying to speak 
from as the perspective of a, of a pediatrician? Like, what are those basic things that you need to be able to know how to do so that you can be as involved and engaged in the life of your family as you want to be? Millennials really have some stereotypes, some negative stereotypes thrown at them. And I've worked personally around millennials. Let me tell you, I don't know than any group harder working than millennials. They work really, really, really hard and they are very, very, very busy. And then you couple on top of that, just the fact that they are literally changing a very bad generational habit of distancing. It's this idea of, okay, well, I'm the father, I'm the male, I work all day, I work hard. When I come home, um, I deserve to put up my heels and just check out. That, that is, you, you hit it right on the head. That's a generational thing. And millennials are very consciously trying to shatter that and jump in and be involved. Millennial dads want to be involved and they are busy all at the very same time. They're extremely productive. Yep. So this is why I'm really glad that we're having this discussion because my goal and my hope is that some of the dads listening can begin to see hope and confidence that yes, you can, you can work hard, but at the same time, you can be a very, very good father. You know, one of the things that there's a really good friend of mine that, um, he's a former coworker and I see posts from him all the time and this guy is just all about his son. He just had his first child and it is, let me tell you, it's a joy to look at his posts of all the fun games and things that he does with his child. Yeah. I appreciate that sentiment so much, especially as uh, what one might call an elder millennial myself. I'm, I'm squarely in that uh, generation. And so I, I appreciate those uh, kind words on behalf of my uh, my generation here. Uh, I, I think everything you said is is absolutely spot on. It's certainly that's how millennials would like to identify ourselves. We're, we're hardworking. We're trying to get things done. Now that we're getting older, we're starting families. And I, I guess what I want to say to the, the millennial dads out there is, is it's okay to enjoy being a dad. And it seems silly to just have to say those words out loud, but like, Dads do great with playtime, especially that's a that's a thing that we thrive on. And so it's okay when you have your baby to get down on the floor with them and and wrestle with them and love on them and just tell them that you love them and tell them that you know you are a better man because you're their dad and that you have a better life because you're their dad. And you don't have to be like ashamed of having those feelings and I think that's so great. And I think my generation of men getting back to some of the, the generational conversation is, you know, I'm, my wife is a physician as well, and she has her own professional ambitions. And so I think my generation is also one of the first who sort of came up with this idea that like men and women both are going to have professional ambitions. And if we're all going to be able to achieve our professional ambitions, we got to work together at home to get things done at home. And that means sharing those caring responsibilities more evenly. It means sharing some of those uh, household responsibilities more evenly so that we can then both go out and pursue our professional ambitions as well. And I know this is a place where dads sometimes get maligned in the media, but my experience talking to dads is is like, we want to take on that responsibility. We recognize that that's part 
of the deal and part of the way that we support our wives and their professional ambitions if if they're pursuing uh, professional careers outside the home is taking on more stuff inside the home. And so I, I think that we recognize that. And, and what I'm trying to get dads to understand is one, it's okay to enjoy those things. And if you're not at a place yet where you're enjoying some of those things yet, that there are places to find joy in those moments with your kids. And if you can tap into those, then it just makes the whole thing much more meaningful and, and satisfying for you as a dad. And your home life is going to be so much richer if you can find those little moments of joy to just tell your kids that they're amazing and how blessed you are to be their dad. Has your faith in God given you any stability in your life on a day-to-day basis? Do you see a marked difference between the days when you do and when you don't involve God in your day? Oh, yeah. Uh, Huge. (laughs) I mean, I think this has become more and more true as I've taken on more and more responsibilities. And now we have uh, three kids, my wife and I. So as we, you know, have grown our family, you know, when in my younger days, when I was sort of on my own and thought I could uh, conquer the world by myself, I think I felt that was a little less important. I think I knew with my brain that it was a little bit more important, but I was able to kind of get through without doing it. And so everything was fine. Uh, But now that I have these kids, you know, there's this weight of responsibility and you like put the first piece on when you get married and you're like, now I have this other person who I'm attached to forever. And we have a responsibility to each other. And then it's this whole different thing when you hold your baby in your arms for the very first time. And you're like, this is a human being that I am 100% responsible for. And I have to, to feed it and love it and care for it and do all these things. Like it's a weight that you can't imagine feeling until it's actually put on your shoulders. Absolutely. And I think that that's, and I think that that's good. And one of the things that I, I try to talk to dads about is like, lean into that. Like that's a good instinct. That dad instinct that you have when you hold that baby in your arms for the first time, like that's a good thing. But for me, that meant like I recognized in that moment, like I cannot do this alone. I'm going to need some help. Mm. How specifically has your faith helped you become a better dad and husband and find joy in both? Mostly it has allowed me that little bit of um, detachment from the moment and able to sort of broaden my vision that the understanding as a dad, you know, I'm in a, uh, where I'm at right now, I've got uh, three kids. My oldest is four and a half. I have a two and a half year old, and then we have an infant. And so sometimes with the older kids, you kind of get pulled into this moment of like, they're not listening. They won't sit down. They won't eat their dinner. They're, they're trying to run around and play. And I just want them to sit down quietly because I'm trying to feed the baby and we're trying to get the baby asleep. And there's like all these things like right now in this moment, you feel like you have to like exert power over this moment to like make it a certain way. And when I can have the presence of mind to like lean out a little bit and take a slightly longer perspective and realize that what I'm trying to do is teach them skills and teach them values that are going to serve them over the long run. And I can have conversations with them about, you know, not just like be quiet, but like we need to be kind to your brother because he's trying to go to sleep. And if you can be quiet, that's a way that you can show kindness to him. Right. And that's the way that I teach my children to be kind. Right. We're going to teach them these skills of sharing. And so I think it has sort of allowed me to broaden my vision and not get so kind of caught up in the heat of, of the moment as frequently. I still 
you know, full disclosure, I still like have those moments where I get really frustrated because they're not listening and that's all normal. That's part of it. You know, again, maybe Mm -hmm. we're painting an overly, you know, Pollyanna picture here of like, oh, life as a dad is glorious and we're riding on clouds and rainbows and like, it's it's not that. (laughs) It's never going to be that. Um, But if you can find in the moment, take a moment to say, why are my kids behaving the way that they are? And how can I use that to the good to get them to do what I want them to do? I think that's helpful. And then my, my faith has really impressed upon me the role that I play as like a teacher and guide for my kids to try to get them to be, you know, thriving, resilient adults and to get them to that point effectively and to teach them the skills and the values that they need to be successful down the road and not to overreact to any one specific moment. There's a dad that taught me something that I still use to this day and I found very, very valuable. What he taught me was, first of all, this requires um, some sort of a belief in the omnipresence of God, meaning that God is able to be everywhere in the world all at the exact same time and at the same time be present with you. But with that understanding, start your day with just asking God, first of all, to walk ahead of you in your day. All the things coming up that you aren't aware of, all the challenges that you aren't aware of, and then there's his agenda, whatever his will or his agenda is for the day for you or things that he would like to see accomplished in your path. So ask him to walk ahead of you and because he's omnipresent at the exact same time, walk beside you as you go through your day. And I can tell you for a fact, there is a marked difference in my day every time I remember to do that versus every day that I forget to do that. And my friend experiences the exact same thing on his way to work. He will he will pray that prayer or just before going to work, he will pray that prayer and he sees a difference, too. So it it really does matter. So I, I really appreciate your words on that. I love that. I think that's so important. And I think that what, what I would add to that is an awareness as a dad of your own sort of mental state and emotional state. Sometimes like the morning is chaotic and you get to work and you're like all frazzled and like you don't know what's going on. Like it's okay to sit in your car for two minutes and just take some deep breaths and say a little prayer and say like, I know this morning was chaos, but I need to like recollect myself so that I can go into work and have a good day at work. And then maybe even more importantly, on your way home, same thing. Like if you've had a crazy day at work, good news, bad news, highs and lows, whatever the case may be, like remember that when you get home, your kids are there waiting for you and they're going to want your full attention when you get there. And so if you need three minutes to collect yourself when you walk in the door, try to take those three minutes before you walk in the door. So if that, even if that means like you're on your way home, when you get to your street, just pull over to the side of the road for three minutes, take some deep breaths, recollect yourself, say a little prayer, you know, Lord, help me to be present with my kids when I get home. Help me to love them. Help me to show them how much I missed them today uh, while I was at work, whatever the case may be. Take those minutes for yourself and then get home. And then when you go in the door, remember that that's, you know, that's the first time they've seen you for hours and hours. And so that's part of what I call the most important 15 minutes of your day, the five minutes when kids first wake up in the morning, the five minutes either when you get home from work or they get home from school, and then the five minutes before they go to bed. 
those are the moments that you can, if you really focus on investing in those times and making the most of having those be as positive as possible on as many days as possible, nobody's going to do this perfectly, then I think that that really does a good job. And so I think those would be a moment for those types of prayers um, to say, like, help me be present in this moment. Help me to, you know, do your will as I'm as I'm going in to be with my family uh, and to to spend some time with them intentionally. I've I've had to do that a few times. There's been times where I, for whatever reason, I'm feeling overwhelmed in that day, and I'm on my way home, and I'm just not feeling mentally ready or whatever, or emotionally ready, whatever the case may be, to just walk in that door. And I've literally sometimes just hung back a little bit. So I would have that extra time to say a prayer and just open myself up to God. And it makes such a big difference. I walk in the door feeling so much more confident and, and feeling his presence when I do that. What is Docs to Dads and why did you start it? Docs to Dads is my contribution to this uh, parenting conversation. Uh, it's primarily a podcast. So uh, Docs, the number two dads podcast uh, is on all your favorite podcast players. And uh, it's basically, it, it came from this idea uh, that I was talking about earlier, that there are a big group of dads out there, primarily millennial dads um, is who I speak to, who want to be more involved. They want to be confident and competent fathers, uh, but there are some knowledge that they don't have. Uh, there's some skills that maybe they haven't ever been taught. Uh, when they go to see a doctor, maybe they aren't uh, treated with the same in the same way that moms are treated when they take their kids to the doctor, these kinds of issues that come up. And so what I try to share there is just uh, important information from me about ways that dads can know about what's going on in their kids' lives, uh, can support them in terms of their growth and development, teaching them all these things. I did a whole series recently on core values and how do you think about imparting core values like gratitude and generosity and kindness and justice into your kids as they're growing. Um, and so those are the kinds of topics that that I talk about. And then sometimes we talk about other uh, sort of more medical topics. I did a, a series on asthma and uh, developmental milestones and those kinds of things in the past too. So it's, it's kind of a, a lot of different things, but just trying to be inclusive of dads uh, in this uh, parenting conversation. Dr. Grant, how can dads get a hold of you if they need any help or they have any questions? Sure. So all of my content is at www.docstodads.com. Uh, so that's one place I am active on Instagram at docs to dads pod, uh, or they can connect with me on LinkedIn using my name, Scott Grant, uh, MD, um, or shoot me an email docs to dads pod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from, uh, the dads out there. If you have any questions or challenges that you're dealing with that I can uh, speak to from the perspective of a dad who's going through this alongside you, uh, or as a pediatrician who might have some insight into the the science and the research behind whatever challenge you're, you're having, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Please don't hesitate to shoot me an email. I'm also going to do my part to make this as easy as possible to find. So if you go to thefatherhoodchallenge.com, that's thefatherhoodchallenge.com, and you go to this episode, look below the episode description I will put all of the links that Dr. Grant just mentioned. They will all be right below the episode description. As we close, what is your challenge to dads listening now, trying to find that balance and peace in their life? Sure. My, my challenge to dads is uh, to accept the reality that you can't do this yourself. And so to find a 
collection of fellow dads in your community, whether it's at work or in your church community or something like that, that you can try to get together with, with some kind of regularity. We're all busy. Once a month is certainly good enough. Some of these, some of the time you can share these things with your, your wife or other friends at work or whatever the case may be. Uh, But sometimes it's a lot more meaningful if you've got this small circle of fellow dads who are kind of on this same journey with you and they're trying to teach their kids the same thing and and those kinds of things so my challenge to you is to find a group of dads that you can get together with regularly just to talk about being a dad and how amazing it is dr grant it has been an absolute honor to have you on the fatherhood challenge thank you so much for coming on it has been absolutely my pleasure thank you so much for having me on Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fatherhood Challenge. If you would like to contact us, listen to other episodes, find any resource mentioned in this program, or find out more information about the Fatherhood Challenge, please visit thefatherhoodchallenge.com. That's thefatherhoodchallenge.com.